some of them had like a hundred questions, some of them just like five, and I thought, I, I don't want to you know, take the shortcut, but I'm not going to go all out either, so I picked one around 50 questions. Took me forever. Uh, did, did the questions, came out, and it came out, King David. I was like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> said, just as I expected. I even wrote down what it said. I was just so proud of that. It said, you have deep thoughts that a lot of people just wouldn't understand. Okay, yeah, I can, take, I can accept that. Um, you are creative. Oh, there, right again. Passionate. Oh, that's me. All about the passion. And detailed. Been an accountant for 30 years. Of course I'm detailed. But sometimes all you want to do is be alone. Okay, that's really good. It got me, you know, right there. I thought, that's, that's must be where I'm supposed to go. So I thought I'd just do another one to just to make sure that that was settled and that's where I would go and take that. So I did a second one and a little bit shorter. Didn't want to take all that time this time. And it came out Peter. And I'm thinking, David? Peter? Okay. So I thought, obviously that second one was wrong. So I tried a third time. Third test, it came out Job. I'm like, that one's really messed up because there's no patience here. Um, I don't know where that one came from. And I'm starting to get a little confused. And I'm just wanting some clarification. Which one do I really actually uh, look like? What, what character do, do I really look like? So I decided, oh, here's a really short one. Nine questions. I can deal with that one. So I took the fourth test. And it said, Judas Iscariot. <laughs> I saw a couple looks. It was kind of what I had when I first saw it. I was like, what? I just sat there looking at the screen. How is that possible? Well, obviously this is wrong. Let's get past this one really quick. I'll take another, another test real quick. So we'll just settle this. So I took a fifth test. Five questions. Like, like it's really going to grasp who I am in five questions. But it was five questions. And it came out Judas Iscariot again. And I was just stunned. I was like, what? What just happened? In fact, in the little paragraph, I didn't write it down, but a little paragraph, it even said, your heart is black. <laughs> and um, that was just kind of shaking me and uh, um, brought me to my knees. I probably should have started there just, and I wouldn't have had all these cute little stories, of course, but uh, um, spent a lot of time talking with God this week. And a um, couple things. That was my long introduction. The rest of the thing is about two minutes, so. Um, I spent some time in prayer and decided a couple things. Um, first, I don't know if you're one of these people that, that send out the, the um, Facebook things that say, you know, what kind of Kardashian are you? Or, you know, what Looney Tune character are you most like? Or all that. 
um, I don't really see much difference in these tests because it, it's based on how you feel at the very moment, what your passion is right now, what you're going through, your hurts and everything else. And it taints where you're at. Um, taking numerous similar tests at times and go back and take the same test and it turns out totally different. The exact same test. Um, it's just based upon what's going on. So you get into those, don't, don't put a lot of weight on those. Um, second, after a lot of thought and prayer and, and some good, um, some really good time in the Word of God, um, I decided to talk about Judas. Um, we have this vision of Judas. This Satan entered him. This vision of, you know, he betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. Um, but a lot of times we don't really see who Judas, Judas was. Um, I want to discuss him just a little bit about how, how he was perceived, who he was, what he was like. Because uh, we can grasp quite a few things from Scripture about that. And uh, um, I want to bring some of that out. Um, first of all, he was an apostle of Jesus. He was chosen by Jesus. Chosen personally. If you're a disciple, if, you, if you're a disciple of any rabbi, and he chooses another disciple to also follow him, you're like, okay. I mean, he's chosen him. That's, that's good enough for me. And this was Jesus. He said, I'm, I'm choosing Judas. So right away, all the disciples are like, they're gearing towards thinking, some of them unsure, but gearing towards thinking, this is the Messiah. He's bringing in the kingdom, and I'm his disciple. There's others too. If that's who he chooses, it's good enough for me. Just being chosen by Jesus had a lot of street cred right there. So uh, Jesus chose him to be a disciple. And a disciple in Jewish culture, a disciple was somebody who did everything the rabbi did. He dressed like the rabbi. He walked like the rabbi. He talked like the rabbi. They would follow in the rabbi's footsteps, the actual footsteps of the rabbi to do everything that they did. And Judas was a disciple, and he was a very good one. He looked like Jesus. He talked like Jesus. He did things that Jesus did. He was probably one of the most trusted amongst the, the um, uh, disciples, amongst the 12 apostles. Um, tells us in John chapter 13 that he held the money for them. Uh, you don't like give that, they didn't give it to the tax collector. Um, so they kind of trusted him. They didn't see any of this coming. Um, when they're in the upper room, a couple things that Jesus said in, uh, um, I'm going to have you turn to a couple passages Follow with me in a few minutes. Um, you can have your hands on them. Matthew chapter 10 and John chapter 14. Now let me read, um, read for you. This is something that Jesus said in the upper room. In Matthew 26, 25, he said very plainly, 
says very plainly in that scripture, Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Talking about, he just told them, some, one of you is going to betray me. Judas says, Surely not I, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, Yes, it is you. Now, how hard is that to grasp that he's going to be the betrayer? And they didn't get it. None of the others got it. Okay, maybe they didn't hear it. A lot of stuff going on. He also said, the one to whom I dip the sop and hand it to, that's the one that's going to betray me. Now, they saw this because a couple Gospels say that when he did this, he handed it to Judas and he said, now go and do what you have to do. And they thought, it says, that he was going to go get supplies for the feast. They just saw what he said was the sign. And they still didn't get it. They still didn't see him as the betrayer. Why? I, I'm, uh, I'm just kind of shocked because when I read that, the flesh wants to come out at me and say, guys, <laughs> it's, this isn't rocket science here. Not that they would know what that is. Um, what are you, stupid? No disrespect intended. He's, he's, he's told him before the others that you're the man. He, you're the one that's going to betray me. He's given him a sign. This is what it means. And they saw the sign. And they still didn't, didn't believe that he was the betrayer. And that astounds me. Here's, here's some of the reasons why I think. Uh, one is what I already mentioned. Uh, Jesus chose him personally. And uh, a rabbi always chooses his disciples. It's his choice. And if they were going to follow him, they're going to accept all of his choices. So that's, that's the first one. That's the obvious one. Secondly, in Matthew chapter 10, if someone would read um, verses 5 through 7 for me. Matthew 10, 5 through 7. Okay, stop right there. Just through seven. He said, what's the end of seven say? Huh? Yeah, what's he doing though? He's telling them to preach, right? For a year, maybe a year and a half, that's what the disciples did. They went out kind of as an advance team to the towns that Jesus was going to. And they said, the kingdom is coming. It is near. And then, Jesus, then the king would walk in. And people were flocking to him. They were hearing because the disciples were out there. They were the front men. And they were preaching the kingdom is near. He preached exactly how Jesus told him to preach. He preached just like Jesus. Because that's what Jesus was saying. Time is near. It is here. Time has come. Um, probably same mannerisms. Probably everything, because that's what they were taught to do. Mimic the rabbi. And that's what he did. Um, now read, go ahead and read verse 8. Right 
was doing the same miracles that Jesus was doing. He performed exactly the way Jesus did. He looked like Jesus. He preached like Jesus. He performed like Jesus. He served like Jesus. There's a reason why they didn't see it coming. He was probably one of the better ones. They had no clue. They could not picture him as the betrayer at all. Um, he even sounded holy when he talked. Remember the story with um, um, when they're eating, young lady comes in and she's just weeping over him and she breaks open this, this box or thing of perfume, really expensive stuff, pours it on Jesus' feet, wipes his feet with her hair, and Judas speaks up. And he said, we could have used that. We could have sold that, given a lot of it to the poor and, and helped people. What a wonderful man. He's concerned about people, the poor, the hurting. This is not someone that would betray Jesus. That's what they saw. Not a one of them saw him as a betrayer. And I think, um, I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I'm reading the stories, I try to put myself in their place. And I think, well, I mean, it was obvious. I, I, I would have seen that, right? Wouldn't you have seen that? I mean, he said it. He said, here's what it is. Here's who's going to betray me. Judas, it is you. Because the church, I mean, we've never had people that have come out and preached a great word, been humble like Jesus, served like Jesus, acted like Jesus, and turned out to be an apostate, have we? That just doesn't happen in the church. Right? We never had people in our church that have come in and, oh, just been a great Christian. Serving, giving themselves, and then left, not just to go to another church, but left the church entirely. You've never seen that, have you, Jim? In First um, John 2, verse 19, it says, They left us, but they were never really with us. If they had been, they would have stuck it out with us, loyal to the end. In leaving, they showed their true colors, showed they never did belong. It's not hard to be a Judas. Um, that's probably where I've been most of my life. Wanting to show, make a show of it, show how good I was. Um, as God keeps dealing with me, one of the toughest things that I deal with um, is just a concern that 
that uh, the church as a whole, or even our church, is filled with a lot of Judases. Not that they're going to betray Christ, but they're just putting on a show. It's not real. We get people that look and act and talk like Jesus, and they're just playing a role. Um, I think Judas even had himself fooled, thinking I'm doing the right thing. After Jesus was uh, crucified, resurrected, ascended, the thing called the church started. If you ever read any of the stories in Acts, I don't know about you, but I see a huge difference between what was happening there and what happens in our church today. Big things were happening. People were flocking. Brand new people, never heard, heard before, were flocking to the church. Wanted to hear. If you read the book of Acts, well, let, me, let me back up a second. See, that early church early church was on fire. There were big things happening. And uh, um, when I was in Bible school, there were a lot of, um, I don't know, challenges, quizzes, questions, thoughts out there that guys would debate. Some really dumb things to be honest. Um, they've probably been around for centuries, same, same ones. Um, but one of them I remember, and I remember people seriously talking about this, is uh, asking the question, would you rather rust out or burn out for God? And I thought, the more I thought about it, I thought, That's, this is really stupid. Either way, they're out. Um, out is out, no matter how you do it. Brings you back to the verse that I just quoted. If they're completely out of the church and want nothing to do with it, they probably weren't a part of it to start with. They're probably a lot like Judas, doing things out of their own strength. And there came a point when they realized they couldn't. Their own strength couldn't hold up. They were putting on a show. I, I don't want to burn out. But I want to burn. I want to be like, um, like Peter or like Paul. I want to make a difference. I want to be on fire for God. Um, if you read the book of Acts and you look and you study what the, happened in that early church, one of the things that stood out to me, I just got through reading through it again, over 50 times it mentions the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Again and again and again. About half of those, it says the Holy Spirit filled 
Peter, this group, this person. And then shortly after that, it'll tell what they did. And again and again, it talks about the Holy Spirit filled them and this happened. And the Holy Spirit filled them and this happened. I've talked about this before with people individually about what happened in early church. And I got some answers that I just, I couldn't accept. Um, it was a different time. Okay. Still the same God. He was trying to establish his church. Still the same God. Does that mean he doesn't want to make a change in this, in this place? Their focus was over and over again in the book of Acts. Your focus is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then God would move. With Peter, with people like me. John chapter 14. Verse 12 says, um, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, who, which Christians does that count? The really good ones, the faithful ones in church? That's everybody, right? He who believes in me, if you are a firm believer in Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross for you, accepted him as your Savior. You're all in this boat. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, that's Jesus, he, the one who believes in him, will do. Who does that leave out that's not going to do the works of Jesus? It's everyone who believes in him. And he even qualifies that. He says, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father Jesus had three years to work on it how many have we had in all honesty I don't I look and I, I don't see that happening there aren't a lot of people um, myself included that I wonder why isn't why why am I not doing greater things? My assumption or my where my thought went was because we're spending more time being a lot like Judas instead of being closer to the Holy Spirit. Not, not just being like Jesus, but being closer to the Holy Spirit. Because that's what the early church was. He said, four verses later, verse 16, Jesus says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Anybody have a different word than comforter? Helper. Helper? 
Hmm? Advocate. Advocate, yes. Counselor. Anybody else? Anybody have the message? The message says friend. Um, those are all different words. Very different words. Um, the actual Greek there says that it's a person who comes to someone's aid. Um, that's why you get all these different translations. Um, trying to put a word in there just doesn't really qualify. So he says, I will send you a different comforter, different counselor, a different friend, that he may abide with you forever. Now the emphasis really um, should be on the word right before that. I looked up eight different versions, most common versions, and all of them said the exact same word. Another. He's, he's saying, I'm, the word is another of the exact same kind that I'm talking about right now. And he was talking about he was leaving. But don't worry. I'll send you another, just like me, just like Jesus, that you can trust, that you can lean on, that you can be comforted by, that you can be counseled by, that will be your friend. Judas wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, of course, he wasn't filled with anything but himself. You could say the others weren't filled with the Holy Spirit either, but they were filled with Jesus. They were all focused on Jesus, but not Judas. It was about him. It was about his reputation. It's about what he can get out of it, what he can gain. The early church made things happen because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. He was close to them. And the world changed. I think God still wants to do that. The problem is that we... Uh, we get a little bit like Judas and it's about me it's about what it might cost me what I might have to give up what I have to give up my vacation some things that I've been saving for my time my job Because the early church had an attitude. They didn't care what it cost. And it cost them a lot. A lot of them lost jobs, family members, friends, their lives. God's really been working on my heart um, for a long time, but this past year especially. Um, it was, uh, I, think, I think it was January, it might have been February of last year. And I don't remember who spoke, but it, it got a hold of me and I said, I told God, I said, started praying, I haven't stopped. Um, 
that I want to do something. I want to do something big. Um, I want to do something different. I want to, I want to be like the early church. I want to have that kind of power. I want to have the zeal of, of, of Paul, the boldness of Peter. I want, to, I want to have the love of John. I want to make a difference. I, don't, I didn't take that as being arrogant. I still don't. Um, I want to make a difference for God, not for me. And uh, I want to be one of those that God uses. Because I know i got a lot of faults. I'm in good company. Bible's full of them. Some great people that they, he used. I mean, if he can use Jonah, certainly he can use me. Um, that uh, I got to the point where I said, God, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what it'll cost. And uh, I'm going to need some strength for that. But I don't care. And I expected some hardships. Um, this past year has been kind of hard. Um, did lose my job. Um, lost my car, which didn't even phase me because my son ran straight into a concrete embankment front of the car looked like an accordion and he had a little skin torn off one knee and I was just grateful lost some things we haven't we haven't done a vacation in a couple years we don't even go out of town for anything um, and that's okay it's been good it's been a time of me drawing closer to God Time of me uh, expecting more hardships and saying it's okay because I know God's preparing me for something. God changed the world with a handful of people. What would He do if we had twice that many or three times that many or a church of some 1,200 people? that got on fire for God. What could we do? I know there's some others that God's working on. I've talked to various people and uh, they're very similar and a lot like me. A little bit afraid what that means but willing to say I don't, I don't care. I want, to do, I want to make a difference. I want to see people drawn to Christ. I don't care if they're lost or already saved. I just want to point more people to Christ. The greatest fear is that um, there's just too many that are not going to choose their route. They're more okay with just being okay with not growing just the status quo
And I think that's sad. Because I'm not okay with it anymore. I hope you sincerely hope that you will um, join me and start praying that God will light a fire on you. That you can make a difference. And you desire to step up. Um, whatever you face. Uh, you won't regret it. It'll be worth it. Paul did the same thing. He gives his laundry list of everything that he went through. And he said, I, don't, I wouldn't change a thing. I don't regret it. In fact, he says, I wish I could have done more. Thank you for listening and, and uh, following with me as I've been sharing my heart this morning. <clears throat>